Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of History After Hours. My name is Kevin Pumphrey, and with me, like normal, is Mr. Ron Franklin and Mr. Jeremy Nixon. We are three history teachers at Lakeside High School in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We are recording this podcast on Wednesday, February 10th, 2021, and today we have a very special guest. Our guest today is the assistant superintendent from Lakeside School District, Mr. Bruce Orr, and he is here to talk about the COVID response from the administration point of view. Usually we hear a lot about what the teachers think, maybe what the parents think, of course what the students think, but I wanted to get uh, a little bit of a take from the administration on how they responded starting all the way back to last year. So with that said, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, welcome to another edition of History After Hours. This is a very special episode. We are recording this on Wednesday, February 10th. And our special guest today, former high school principal, assistant superintendent of Lakeside School District, and probably the most important thing was hiring us. I was the man who hired (laughs) us. uh, (laughs) Mr. Broussor, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. I mean, I've I've yearned for this invitation for a long time. So uh, we I'm, passed on you so many times, but finally wore us down. No, we wanted to get you on here because of your unique perspective as a school administrator. I'm positive you've heard of the teacher's experience during this, <laughs> as many administrators what, have you, probably no, heard no, plenty. I, what do you mean by that? I mean, how can, yeah. you, has anybody had any? Extra commentary outside of the normal range of commentary so about this school year really, in particular. That really seems, hadn't heard much. It yeah, seems yeah, odd okay. to me. Yeah, I mean, go back surely, a couple podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I bet your email box is just wishing there would be an entry. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Won't somebody contact me? So we thought it would be good to get you in here to give us the administrative perspective because I have actually got my principal's license. I went through some of the schooling and you do get a very different look at a school. And of course, you're now at the district level. So if you can remember, because it seems like it's been about 20 years ago, but if you can go back to March of 2020 when all of this started kind of foaming to the top and we looked like we were... We were getting some information that, okay, well, maybe we have to shut down for a little while. Hey, let's, let's, even, let's go back further than that, though. Like okay. When you first heard about COVID at all, like, can you remember oh, yeah, when you how were like, you huh, is this a thing that, I mean, can you, can you recall that? I do. I mean, I, you know, I, I would have to color myself in one of the ones that, you know, did not believe that it was going to be near like this. I remember we, I think uh, that Friday that Friday the 13th is what we're talking about. That was the last day at school. If I remember right, we, we actually went out, had dinner on Thursday the 12th, uh, with another couple. We talked about it. Um, you know, what's people really making a big deal out of this. You think this is anything different than what we've seen? Eh, you know, and then by the next day, like 24 hours later, we were having a whole different conversation. I will say, I thought when we went home, I did not think it was going to be for, you know, maybe a week till spring break and we were going to be coming back. And, you know, then, uh, you know, history took over, didn't it? You know, yeah. looking back on the blissful ignorance of that moment, because I felt the same way. I, 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 you, we didn't know. We'd never seen yeah, where, where this might go. We, we There were inklings of, hey, it might be worse than what we might have experienced before, but no, yeah. nothing like this. I didn't expect that at all. And I really thought even if we – have to pivot for a while even if we have a week or so or two weeks maybe after we get back from spring break there'll be enough distance between people it'll all just kind of I really I really kind of felt that maybe maybe I mean you don't know obviously but at the same time I was like yeah okay sure it'll 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 wash out that's kind of what I was thinking maybe but then at what point did you kind of realize that no no well I mean I I would even say a lot during the spring I thought I still thought we were taking a, an overly cautious approach to it. I understood, you know, you were, you were, you were hearing of, you know, the, the mortality rate and how, uh, how easily that it was transmitted. But, I mean, still, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure y'all were the same way. You're watching those Arkansas uh, numbers. I mean, the, uh, when the governor would come and talk to us every day, and you looked at the numbers and you're like, golly, that's just not a lot of cases, you know, mm-hmm. to, you know to be doing that. So it was still kind of, 
Okay, we're being we're being very cautious. Maybe it was, it's an East Coast West Coast problem, not one of our problems right, here in the middle right. of the country. I, I do state. remember I do remember thinking that that you know that Arkansas we we almost socially distance by by nature that there's a good chance that you know we're not going to be affected by that. Then I remember you know as the numbers were starting to creep up and looking at the you know at the whole global thing. I guess that's when you really started looking at what was happening in China. I remember Italy when I really started looking at what was happening in Italy. Okay, I mean this. I, I could see where this could go, and uh, you know, thinking about how you know, then starting to think about you know, should we close our state off? Should we, you know, should we? I remember I was one thing we need to we need to block the roads. We need to quit letting these people <laughs> in because they're you know they're bringing it to us, and you know it's just been a. Well, you actually are a part of me. When I think of my first, look, I am a typical one track. You can ask my wife. I'm oblivious to a lot of stuff that's going on when I'm focused on something. And I was focused on getting ready for a trip to Spain. And you, I don't know if you remember this, but you sent me a text message. Hey, how about that trip to Spain? One weekend, I think it was on like a Saturday, yeah. you sent me a text. And then that made me think, wow, this thing is big. And I, then I started looking at the map, and it wasn't a few days later they shut my trip down right. because the Spain numbers were through the roof. Right. Well, I, I do remember that, and I, and I was serious thinking that's probably not going to happen, but I was thinking more of the fear factor than the actual reality of what's taking place. Because, yeah. you know, what I do, I mean, that's, that's unfortunate in my position because I do kind of think the worst on things like that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially school events. We almost have to. We al- and, and that'll – That'll be some of what I'll talk about today. You know, you do, you do kind of have to plan for the worst when you're when you're making some of the decisions. But I, I will say, when I said that, I did not, I did not really believe in my heart that it would be dangerous for you to go. But it was just that it probably would not happen right. in the in the climate of everything. Yeah, and it shut us down not only for that year, but this year, of course, right. we got shut down again. Well, and even even at that moment when you had that text conversation, like there weren't really numbers in Spain that would have in my mind, have warranted canceling that trip. That only happened a little bit after the Italy things, and suddenly those numbers started to climb, and you were like, geez, I'm glad y'all didn't go. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of conversations with EF right after that, and it was that following week where it really started to explode in those two countries that were hit hard. And then, you know, it really was a paradigm shift for me because now I'm thinking, oh, we're not going to Spain. This is the first time in 10 years I haven't taken a group somewhere around the world. And so my life is really affected by this. And then it wasn't the next week we're shutting down the whole school. My life was really affected. (laughs) Cause literally I thought "Mm, this is, you know, this is something that's happening in China and it's happening. It's not, you know, we'll, we'll shake this thing off cause I'm just so oblivious to what's going on. on, It was on our minds though. And, and what I'll bring up too, and this is talks to how astute our, our children are here at the, at the high school, the, at the last podcast that we have, the last live one in, it was like March 5th and we're recording out. And the first question out of the gate was, uh, what do you guys think about this uh, COVID stuff? And we're like, well, you know, it's on China and we're going to watch it and all that. And I remember, though, because you know, I've gone back and listened to it after the fact. And we sat there and we were like, you know, it has the potential to be different because. And I remember this clearly, too. Before I left the house that day to go to the live podcast, I remember a CDC director on the TV saying, look, there could be, you know, there could be disruptions. There could be supply disruptions. You might want to start preparing. And I was like, Wow, I've never heard anybody come out and say something like that. And that rung a bell. And we talked about it. We actually talked yeah, about that night. Yeah, we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and then you were the one that started the, the, the toilet paper rush, weren't you? <laughs> it was. It was, was him. Ron had a garage, <laughs> he had a, he had a garage full of toilet paper. He actually caused the Garland County problem. <laughs> well, what I remember in February buying – I bought – masks and stuff because when I was reading the news just internationally um, and part of that was because I was looking out I was looking at weirdly enough AP comparative politics textbooks and looking for resources and I'm reading some more stuff over uh, online over in Europe and I was like hmm and that's when I really first thought about it in February but I, I was kind of like Kevin I'm like well we're you know I don't know if you're like me because it wasn't until mid-March before I even knew something was good. I'm going to be as much – I teach U.S. history, and, you know, World War II was erupting. I would have been one of those Americans. Ah, that's yeah. not my problem. <laughs> let, them, let them go. But, uh, but, but, but out of a sense of fairness, though, it is so obviously unusual – like the the idea that yeah, the, where we are now compared to where we were a year ago, like it is absolutely night and day in how I how I approach life and mm-hmm. how I travel and how I the, the people that I haven't seen and you know the, that was 
I would have never have expected. And I, and I know, uh, you know, we've probably said things like this a thousand times by this point, but it, but I, it's absolutely true. Like I would, even with the precautionary sort of bells going off in my head, I never thought it would have really, especially here in the middle of the country, like maybe in the more condensed areas where the populations are higher. Oh, okay. You're going to have an issue, but to see it just continue to swamp and move like this, it's it, like this slow, it was like uh, it was like it was stalking us hmm. slowly like over time. Yeah, it was, it was very odd. Well, one year ago, if you would have showed me a video of our hallway, you know, one year ago, February, 2020, if you'd have said, Hey, here's a video of the hallway at Lakeside one year from today in February, 2021, and everybody's in masks and the classrooms are set up like this. I've got microphones hanging from the ceiling. I, what happened? You know, I wouldn't even have even been able to guess what have, 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 you know, what was going on. Do we have some sort of nuclear fallout? What's going on? So, I mean, I think none of us were probably prepared, except for Nixon. He's the smart one of the group. That's um, I'm buying masks in February. I don't know what y'all are doing. Y'all been watching the news? Yeah, but I bought like one box. I mean, yeah, it, uh, this will be over. Well, I'm still trying to figure out how to fold a bandana. Do we have bandanas? I don't even know. So one thing I want you to kind of tell us, it, it, you know, I know you probably can't say every little thing that occurred, but can you break down, like, from your point of view, some of the conversations you were having with Mr. Cook, the superintendent, or some of the information you were getting from the governor or State Department? Sure. School board? Just walk like, us what, through yeah, that. Kind of well, you know, I, I mean, that's so relevant right now because, I mean, unfortunately, we're, we're about to do this again. I mean, as far as we, we're making our – we're about to de- try to develop a plan for next year because, um, you know, right now the – I mean, there's no plan for students to be vaccinated probably by August. I mean, their their vaccine is not even approved yet unless it's happened in the last few days that, that I'm unaware of. And then even if even if we do get uh, the green light on that, you've seen the problems we're having just getting our our different tiers of people through the vaccination pro- uh, process. So there was it was an article I read, I don't know, probably three, four weeks ago. And it was, that was another one of those sobering moments in my mind. I was thinking by August, we're going to be back in business, you know, I mean, with, with any luck with the vaccine and everything, but I had not thought about the students are not going to be vaccinated. So we're still going to have families and parents who are probably not going to want to send their kids back to school. So, you know, I'm kind of going back and, uh, you know, I don't, I really don't want to skip completely over the March to May time. Um, I could do a whole, you know, another show on that, just about how we, how we, you know, so many people came together and, and really we got a lot of recognition around the state for our response from that time. Cause you talk about just having to drop everything, pivot and start moving in a whole different direction. Like, you know, our tech department reaching out, getting internet to, um, students' homes, mm-hmm. to getting devices, to our staff that we're not used to, uh, a lot of them, uh, were not did I mean did not use a lot of technology in their everyday what what was that conversation like though when you guys had the meeting where you're like here's what we're going to have to figure out yeah. like when did that occur in the okay uh Sunday I, I remember you know we went to school that Friday and I and and we told I know I was I was really heavily involved at the primary at that time getting the kids because it was a little more chaotic down there with little kids let's get them let's get the Chromebooks let's get them home and then I think it was that weekend where um, Governor um, Governor Hutchinson you know came out and said pretty much no school until did it first did he say it was off until until spring break or I mean it was pretty soon he called it off for the whole rest of the mm-hmm. whole rest of the year maybe it was up till spring up break, till spring and, then break we, and, then and then we, we came back mm-hmm. after that so you know early on we just decided that you know we we, you know, you know, and that's one thing I love about Lakeside. I think we have high expectations. You know, we didn't want our kids, you know, to suffer educationally. And I think we came out of the gate like really hot, you know, like really pressing. If you remember that, it was like we were trying to zoom with them every minute of the day because yep. we'd we'd never done that before, and because uh, thinking that would be the most, you know, keep them in a routine and stuff like that. And then we were burning everybody out. So then we 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 started trying to learn those where where that balance was between you know good instruction and not being on the screen. 24 seven, but you know, we, we wanted to, we wanted to try to finish not only, you know, for that group of seniors to finish them out strong. You remember that we didn't let the seniors uh, go towards the end. We, we, we caught some comments on, on that one, but you know, again, that's kind of, that's what, 
but in that initial meeting, was there that moment where you guys were like, okay, this is real, and here's we, I mean, we have to get everybody on the same page. Did, oh, yeah. That happened fairly quickly, though, I assume. Yes. Sunday afternoon, we met up there uh, in the central office. <laughs> Looking back, how silly that was. We all packed in, uh, we all packed in the conference room. I mean, like six inches, <laughs> six inches apart. Right there. <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, but still at the time, I did not, I did not think it was going to, was, was going to be the rest of the semester at that point until was the general mood in the room like okay what, what was there that sense of urgency like we better get this done because we it might not happen because no it was because i know there were some districts who were like well okay we'll do this but then like it wasn't as coordinated you guys seem to have taken it farther faster so how, yeah. how did you come to that decision i remember that day one of the big things we were worried about was feeding kids that was one of the the i mean we we talked a lot about how transport how we were going to do our transportation, how we were going to get meals out to kids. Um, that's always a big concern um, in a lot of our conversations is we, we think of the kids that like, uh, you know, even like, even like we're sitting here uh, today and we just called school for the next two days. You know, that's always a consideration. There's kids that they depend on us for so much. They depend on us for food. They depend on us for love. You know, uh, this is this is still a, a very steady, stable part of a lot of our kids' lives. So I remember having a lot of conversations about how are we going to get meals to our kids. We're going to need to take care of we're going to need to take care of those needs. And then we talked a lot about just expectations. You know that that we wanted to make sure we were being consistent. You know across the board on that. Like you know we weren't going to have some some people say you know we're going to go you know twelve hours a day and some people you know, throw, throw some worksheets or something. Was there this sort of gradual dawning comprehension that this was the system, the situation that we were facing, or was it just a snap? Like, okay, it was a a switch. It was, it was a snap. It was like, it, it really, I don't think it, it'd sink in at that point. It was just like, okay, they, they told us this is the deal. So we're going to, we're going to make the best we can with it until we hear the next deal, Mm -hmm. you know? So I don't, I don't, I don't. What about, what about after the fact when you were like, okay, it's, we're not coming back. We're not coming back we are not coming back. I mean, right. was that, did that gradually sink into, or was that, I, you know, again, I, I think it was probably a thing where I was, I was thinking this is a cautious approach. Cause I'm looking at Arkansas numbers. It's a cautious approach. I understand, uh, you know, we're going to make the best out of it. And then, you know, August, you know, hopefully this is going to pass by. Cause we were hearing what summer, you know, things, mm-hmm. the numbers were going to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, We'll be were back. there people in your sphere of influence? And I'm not talking about just here at school that were thinking that we were being overly cautious, that this wasn't as bad as people, uh, that some people were making it out to be worse than it was, that it was an exaggerated or that it was a hoax. I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting that the school took it that way, but I mean, just in your, in your sphere of influence anywhere right. in your life. Now, did, you know, I, let me talk locally about that. There was, there was a time that weekend Right before Governor Hutchison made the first announcement, there was a I, I had a friend. He's a parent uh, that uh, you know has had kids go through our system, and he called me. and He's he's in the medical field, and he said, "You've got to shut school down oh, right really? now." That was the Saturday before that, that. I guess that was the 14th, the morning of the 14th. He said, "You got to shut it down right now." Wow! And I was like, well, "Wait a minute!" Now I'm, I appreciate you think I'm so powerful that I can <laughs> that I can shut down school, but you know I'm not because by that point you know the gov I mean uh, the, the Department of Education already came out and said you're not going to shut down school. We will we will shut down school. You can't make that decision on your own. So you know I, I listened to him and and I remember I called I called Mr. Cook and I said Mr. Cook I you know I mean you know where I've been we've been talking about it but I just had somebody I really value their opinion they just told me we need to shut down school. Mr. Cook said. Hey Bruce, we can't shut down school. You know, I mean, that's you—you you heard it just like I did, and I said, "Yeah, yeah legally but, you can't." Yeah. yeah, but you know, so we talked about it, and I and uh, you know, he did reach out that weekend and just say, you know, just pretty much pass on what we've got. Some of our local health providers that are very, very worried, and uh, and I think at that weekend, I think I think Governor Hutchison got a lot of suggestions. Okay, well, from that, the that, that was about, that was my follow up. Then, yeah. based on that and some of the information you were getting, then you realized, especially with people who had medical knowledge, saying, "Look, this is." Was there pressure then on the on the state leadership to make more? Oh, I I don't think there's any. Not, I have no knowledge of 
of what actually happened. But it, well, yeah, that's not what I meant. I, mean, I, I do think that I think that there was a lot of phone calls made that weekend. It was probably very similar. I mean, if 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 there were medical uh, experts in our area that were saying that, I'm sure they were saying it across the. Uh, state. So, I would, yes, I would I, assume that any good governmental leadership team would take right. some commentary from the people who are <laughs> in the system itself. You yeah. would hope that that would you, be true. Yeah. But th- that that is – so that was kind of that weekend, I guess I did. Well, let me talk to, about that week before spring break because I, w- I left here so impressed at how much got done in that week before spring break because we were already headed towards one-to-one and maybe technically we were already there to some degree, but – Matt, uh, Mr. Thornton sending out emails, getting Chromebooks to kids in our caps. I mean, we were just, we stopped school one day. We got mm-hmm. everybody to go to your caps. We're distributing uh, Chromebooks. And then, then you know, I hear after spring break, I think that you guys made a deal with the local internet provider. Like, mm-hmm. so much got done in so quickly with, and with so many moving parts. And, uh, of course, I can only speak to what happened here at the high school. How does that I mean, is that working at a school level? Is the high school just doing, or is it the central office that's given some direction there? Like those little decisions about Chromebooks and provide, you know, identifying students that don't have internet. How do we get those kids internet? What what happens when we don't? How do we mail them stuff? Like there's a lot, right. a million questions. That's, there's yeah. a lot. There's and, a million moving parts to that right. story. Yeah, and this is is the state helping out or or anything I, like that? Well, you know, that's a that's really a great story. I mean, just top. To, I mean, we were working really well as a team. Like we would meet every morning at seven o'clock on Zoom, like our administrative or leadership team, and we would we would hash a lot of things out. But again, a lot of it was a plan that was really laid. The foundation was laid well before. Like uh, you know, I really give a lot of credit to Mr. Thornton and our technology department. I mean, they they were the ones that had really moved us to the Chromebooks, where we really had the devices the 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 right device to go home because Chromebooks, as far as doing what we're doing, is probably as good as you get. I mean, you know, with laptops, there's a, there, there's a lot of issues mm-hmm. with those that you don't necessarily have with Chromebooks. So we had the devices, we had the plan, we had the infrastructure of that laid in place to be able to send the devices home. But still, uh, I know there were school districts who struggled, even if they may have had some infrastructure in place. They didn't necessarily have a plan to get those things logistically out delivered, mm-hmm. right? And so, I so. It's just it was it was daily problem solving is what it was. I mean, we would take that. Uh, you know, we got it to the point where we figured out. We're talking to teachers. Like, if you remember, I I would I would imagine Mr. Landry said, "Who who who have you not uh, contacted with yet? Give your stick." I think y'all were building a, a Google sheet of the kids that they had not logged on. So we're taking that list, and then we're we're getting on the phone, and we're calling, and we're finding out why are you not online? And and a lot of the time it was we don't have, we 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 don't have internet uh, service. So yes, we took that on our on our own to call. Um, uh, is it Cable Links here in town? Mm-hmm. Went, a resort, yeah, resort, and resort. Uh, and we made a deal with them, which they they were able to get to probably about 94% of all the homes that we needed uh, to get to. But we did have some kids who were school choice that, I mean, I remember there was one family that, that I was involved with going, going out to the house back and forth. And I mean, they, I, I took several things out there to try to get a signal and it was very, very difficult. Uh, spotty was i mean like you couldn't zoom or anything from where they were at with a hot spot so we also had a few hot spots we got a few more um we were just we were really just piecing piecing it together that we we were trying to have a solution to get to get internet service to every household and i think we got to 99 percent by the end of the school year it 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 seems like there was this element of military efficiency mm-hmm. in what you guys were doing and the teamwork aspect matters and so you've been building the team, so to speak, for several years. Yeah. And so that that preparation and working well together and the communication factor, I think that was good too. Yeah. But, but, yeah, it was impressive to watch And our media together. specialists too. And they, they had teachers meeting mm-hmm. in there, if y'all remember, training for mm-hmm. Zoom, which right. we'd never heard of. Or, right. And, of course, now that's just second language to us. They were training us on how to get signed up. And this was right before we left for spring break. Yeah, so we, this is the day or two before. And I didn't have a camera on my school laptop, so they're handing out cameras thank goodness we had them i don't maybe somebody made a trip for that i I was just thinking like okay here's a usb camera for me and so i can zoom with my students like i didn't even have that capability now i had a computer at home but it's just like there's one million decisions that have to be made and 
and that just goes to show that the administrative, like you, when you said you met every morning at seven through Zoom as an administrative team, are you talking about all the principals and assistant principals and, and the technology team? Yeah. And the, I mean, that's a good group. Yeah. And just that and, efficiency. But, but also to trust that those people are going to do what you've instructed and what you've decided as a team to do, and then they mm -hmm. actually make that happen. Right. Because I think that, again, I've, I've heard other stories from other districts, not necessarily in this county, but around the state, where they were like, yeah, well, we kind of, and they sort of limped along, mm -hmm. and that really put their kids at a disadvantage. I, I don't think that we suffered that same sort of... No, I, like, I, I believe that we navigated that march to May probably about as well as anybody in the state. And, I mean... Yes, I think our our leadership team did great, but I mean, ultimately, all we did was try to set the set the get everything to the to the place where y'all could do your thing. You know, our people, our teachers, our staff made the difference. That but there's, was, a, but there's it, a lot of trust, and that's what I'm saying. Right? Like we, you can make decisions, and then you and then you send send that down the the, the pipeline, yeah. and then you trust that everybody's going to do their part. And I think, at least from our perspective. Looking outwards, mm -hmm. I think it went as well as it could, like you said. I, I think it went as well as it could. I really do. So, yeah, let's quit praising the administration. And let's <laughs> <get> <laughs> well, that's let's not how you're going <laughs> to drop some viewership if you keep that up. Yeah. Let's, let's get to some critiques here. Now, I do want to talk to you a little bit about the summer process. And, and as a teacher, what we heard was going to be our reality here at the high school, literally in the PD right before school started, versus what happened in the couple first weeks of school. There was some of us thinking, oh, we're going to just be back for a week or two, and then it's going to break out everywhere, and we're going to shut back down for a month probably. There was teachers that's like, we shouldn't be at school at all. This is ridiculous. So there was a lot. There was so many groups that were just mad, you know, about even coming back to school. And I understand from your perspective, I mean, that's a state call. The governor makes a lot of those decisions. And I, it seemed pretty clear as far as school being open or closed was going to be at the state level. But Give me your, here's the question is, what were the expectations and then what realities hit when school did start back? Kind of the. Yeah. Okay. Not just from the instruction standpoint, but just like everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What yeah. You thought? Um, and, and guys, let me tell you, it, it was, a, it was a, it was a very long, short summer. I mean, it was, it was a lot of things and it seemed like summer just really went by. So, you know, we, we, we got to the point where we said, we've got to have a plan for next year. So now we're to the point of the story where, okay, well, this, this is a little more real than what we thought about. And then there's all that conversation that you're talking about. We shouldn't go back to school at all. We should, you know, the state pretty much, our state, Arkansas came out and said, we need to be in school. I personally, I 100% agreed with that. And I think you guys, after looking through the year, you see the importance of being here every day and, and being here for our kids. I, I, I'm extremely, and I still am to this point, I'm extremely worried about a lot of our kids and the different uh, situations that they have, not only at home, but, you know, academically, uh, socio-emotionally. There's just a lot to be concerned about. Um, you know, we, I do, I thought there was a, a big possibility that, you know, from what I'd seen about how the virus spread, I was very concerned that we were going to be sent back home into a remote uh, situation. I think a lot of people had that uh, that that outlook. And again, you're basing everything off not a lot of information, just what you're just kind of piecing together, what you're seeing. So that was big in my mind is that equity. I guess that's, that's one thing we're looking at. Um, and I've used this analogy a lot through the year. You know, it seems like I had a balance and on, on two ends, I was looking at safety and academics. And every time I felt like we'd make decisions that were good academically, that safety balance would bottom out because we were pulling off that, pulling off that pile. And then if we tried to do things that were safe for everybody, then that academic, you know, scale went down. Uh, so we were really worried about, you know, balancing those two with, with a touch of, of, of equity put in there. And one of, I guess one of the big things that I had concerns about um, going into it was if we, if we did, you know, one of the big, I guess, decisions, and I still hear this a lot, like at the high school, um, you know, should we have a virtual teaching staff and should we have an on-site teaching staff? Well, my concern with that was, like, this is, I mean, this is what I gave a lot of people this, this analogy, and I'll just use it right here. You know, like, you know, if I got Ron and Jeremy, 
and I'm and I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out, you know, and Ron's going to be my virtual teacher and Jeremy's going to be my on-site teacher. Okay, well, first, I didn't feel like that was real equitable to ask Jeremy to come to school because he's going to have a classroom full of kids and the type of kids that he had because, you know, he's probably got kids that don't have great internet or they don't have the home structure. That's probably why they're coming to school because they need to be here. And then Ron has the kids that they have the parents, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm putting myself, you know, my kids are virtual this year, so they have a home, they got plenty to eat, they have all those amenities, and then I was thinking, if we get sent home for a big stretch like we did in the, in the spring, well, then Ron's got a pretty good deal compared to, compared to Jeremy, and it's going to be hard for Jeremy to reach all of those kids like, like, you know, he was, so, so that was a big thing, just the equity part of it. Now, at this, let me back up a little bit at this point. So we're, so we're getting committees together and we, we would have committee, you know, we had an academic committee, we had a, you know, uh, transportation, uh, food service. We had all the, all a, a ton of committees going that we were trying to make some of these decisions, but though, but that was some of the conversation that went in that it seemed like that was the most important thing. People were pretty much the cleaning. Um, you know, I think everybody was pretty on board, you know, with all of that and the ma the mask wearing was a big, that was a big uh, discussion because at the time, and if you'll remember, several districts put their plan out really early and at first they were saying masks are going to be optional. Well, that one took a whooping and, uh, you know, and we were kind of slow to put that one out. And I'll, I'll be honest, we were, from the beginning, we, we were thinking, you're going to have to wear masks to come to school, you know, all the, all the way down. You know, we've, we've let off on like the kindergartners, the, the, the younger kids with masks at recess because that, that kind of carried a different safety concern right there. But we've really tried to keep masks other places, you know, except athletics, which I will say a lot of the things, if you really just want to pick it apart, you can look at it and say, well, why, how come you got to wear a mask here, but you can play basketball and you don't wear masks? Uh, so there's a lot to be kind of, you know, picked apart in there. So kind of back to the, you know, back to the deal, you know, we looked at safety. We, we, we definitely believed we needed to be in school. Um, we looked at the, 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 the equity end of it. Um, and we really just thought with the uncertainty of what was coming and going, we thought that this, what we did this year, and, and I definitely see, we see the, the issues and we're getting ready to, um, make a, a, I don't know if a suggestion, a proposal to the school board about how we're going to run school next year. And there's probably going to be some, some major differences. And one of the differences in our thought process now is, I mean, it's, it's different. I think people know, they know more about the virus and there's a lot more knowledge now than there was back on the front end. And we knew that we were going to have parents who were going to sign up their kid for one and change their mind. And like that happened in the lower grades, we've, we've really got a lot more kids come back to school through the semester. Senior high, it might've actually been just the opposite for a while. I know in sports, I think sports was really driving the train on that. A lot of them wanted to go home because they didn't want to be quarantined mm -hmm. for that. Um, last week, I thought it looked like there were more kids in the hall. Today, it seemed that, like there were more kids in the than, hall. Than I had yeah. seen. So we knew that people, depending on their situations, were going to want to come back and forth, which that again led to the system that we're in because if we would have had trying to trade kids between teachers as they were on site or at home, we felt we didn't feel like that was going to be, um, we felt like it was going to be very difficult and keep our standards. That was another thing that we had to go by was the number of kids that could be in a class, teacher load, things like that. So again, trying to keep that as equitable and, and to try to let it kind of flow as much as possible. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That's that was our thought process. Well, I know that when we came back, we we had all had conversations about what we were going to try to do. We tried to get our heads together about what what kind of approach are you going to take? Are you going to try to do this? You're going to try to do that? How are you going to handle the kids on site? How are you going to have the kids? We we didn't. Part of it was you didn't even know how many kids were going to be here day mm -hmm. one or day twelve, mm -hmm. versus how many kids were going to be online and how do you deliver content to all of those, considering the changing dynamics that you might experience. Uh, and 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 I know that. Day by day two, I had already realized that what I thought I was going to do wasn't really going to work, and we had to shift gears and try new things. And and to just to go back to the praising just a little bit, I will say that every administrator that I talked to, they said I need this. They were like, "Cool, we will get that for you." 
Um, I, I wasn't turned down for a single thing that I asked for. And we tried that, and if it didn't work, we tried something else. And then we came back and said, I need this. And so I, I'm glad that we had that kind of flexibility. And I think that we've worked something now better than what we started with. Um, yeah, I think the biggest surprise, and these two guys can talk to this, because I think one of the conversations us we three had as teachers in the first weeks of school was the expectation before school was it's got to be equitable, it needs to be asynchronous, which means we can't require students to zoom in at first period just because it's first period. And so the impression I thought, and maybe these we all kind of thought, is that we're not going to do a live teaching. We're not going to stand in front of the class and teach to the students that are there because that wouldn't be, unless we record it, you know, and, that, and then send it home. And then, of course, it's, that's different, too. And so, but what, what happened because of that, because of the message of it's got to be equitable. I see, we had some teachers that didn't even talk to their kids that were in the classroom. And then you had these maniacs <laughs> that, look, there's kids in the class. i got to teach them. I mean, you couldn't yeah. tie them down to Ooh, save their lives. Rebels. <laughs> you guys. i got to teach. i got to teach them. They're looking yeah. at me. But we, stepping but, stepping but we, out of the box there. Up getting, by the end but of we, day two, I'm like, I have to teach kids. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But we got... A but little we did bit it. of pushback for that too. Well, from, yeah, well, right, uh, but then, but then that and then back out. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, "Thanks for teaching the kids." Yeah, there was the some. There was a moment where they're like, uh, "What are y'all doing?" Uh, you know, well, it's because, but, but again, it smoothed back out after we right. explained why we thought that was better. Well, which is interesting because we'd already sort of proposed that at, during the summertime conversations, and it was kind of shot down. But, but again, part of my point is that you don't know what the situation is going to be until you actually step into that classroom setting. Yeah, you can make all kinds it. of plans, yeah. but then what's the reality when you actually flip that switch? And some and of this in? is so funny thinking back on, like, masks. Like, we might not wear masks. Like, that seems so ridiculous mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But I know Nixon, I think, and maybe both of y'all had a story about an administrator walking in yeah. during the first week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Was it him? I, I didn't know it was you was it or me? somebody. And you were up teaching. I was up teaching. Yeah. And this he is walks like, in. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was hey, you. I remember that now. You open the door and you're like, what you doing, Ron? I'm like, I'm teaching. <laughs> you were like, cool. And you just close the door and walk down. Oh, I, we were talking oh, okay. about the walls of Jericho. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, come on in. And you, I mean, you came in, but I was like, oh, Yeah, because no. at that point, we were not. <laughs> see, we, 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 hadn't, we, we actually had prior approval yeah. at that point yeah. to be doing the live teaching. Yeah, we, we just sort of crossed that line ourselves yeah, and you hoped probably, that we would be okay. Yeah, for the high school <laughs> oh, administration, I, we were we felt like we were doing something wrong when we were well, standing yeah, up Yeah, I told Ron, I'm like, I got caught teaching. <laughs> got caught teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I got caught teaching. <laughs> that's, I didn't know where you were going with that. That's funny. Because I guess that's the first hey, time I ever. Uh, you probably didn't notice the look on my face. No, I did But I was like, yeah, me too. Me too. No, and to be honest, I was tickled to death that you were up teaching. Yeah. You know, and, and ultimately, I mean, on that one, I guess we've got to take we've got to take blame for that for you know leadership central office because we didn't communicate that well enough because we did have some differences going on in the building. So that was you know that was something that we didn't communicate well enough. But that was always my intention that we would be trying. And when I say equity, it, it's really just like we're not going to do this for the for the on site kids and then just give them well right you know, give yeah, them yeah. a you know, a, a like a, 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 what do you call the meal when you go to the cafe? You know, used to, you know, uh, which the kids don't know about that anymore. Used to get the alternative meal if you didn't, no. if your parents didn't send you with lunch money. You know, yeah. you, you know, they'd give you, you know, something nobody Christ, wanted. Crust yeah. of bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we didn't want. You know, that's that's what we were talking about, but it we evidently didn't communicate that well enough. Well, but, but that's we, to 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 be slightly critical, but then also slightly complimentary. There was miscommunication at the beginning of that story. However, it worked itself out, and there mm-hmm. was the flexibility to allow that in each group of each pod of teachers, wherever yeah. it happened to be in history or math or whatever. Like everybody got into their groove, and we were allowed that flexibility. So even though there was that, I think that's part of the growing pains of what the experience was, though overall. Definitely. You know, yeah. like, and we knew that we were, you know, things were going to change a lot during the year. Uh, actually, it. I, you know, I guess the numbers kind of kept growing, but it it was kind of a gradual. It really didn't change as much during the year other than just that gradual uptick that maybe we had anticipated. Were you surprised that the sporting activities did not cause more chaos? You know, I'm really, to be honest with you, I'm I'm of the opinion and uh, – you know, we ran we ran a set of numbers the other day with, you know, we looked at all the kids we have quarantined since the beginning of school. And, I mean, we're, we're doing what the health departments ask us to do, you know, the, you know, six feet, 15 minutes, uh, 
you know, I'll give a shout out to uh, Nurse Kelly and the rest of our mm-hmm. nurses on campus. They have been they have been, I mean, because they spend, sometimes guys, they spend all weekend on the phone. Because if you get 40 kids get quarantined, that's 40 conversations they have to have. And those aren't, those aren't quick conversations. At least, yeah. Those yeah. aren't, you know, hey, by the way, you know, you and your family aren't going anywhere for 10 days. Just stay at home, you know, see you later. That's a, it's a, you know, and then it's like, well, wait a minute, tell me more about it. Well, I can't. There's HIPAA. I can't tell you why you're quarantined. I can just tell you you are quarantined. You can't come to school. You can't participate in sports. Those are hard conversations. But we ran, we looked at the kids we've quarantined, and out of that number of quarantined, how many of them developed the virus while they were quarantined, right? Because that's why we quarantine people is because we think you may have caught it, and we don't want you to be contagious. Of that group of people, it's like 1% that actually caught the virus. So, and, and I think if you've, if you've looked around, that's the, that's the message that's mainly being reported is schools really have not been a big uh, spreader of the virus. Sports have not been near the spreader that they had anticipated it. And I also believe I was one, I, I, I will admit at first, I thought that's, that's kind of, that's kind of, out there to be thinking we're going to have sports and I was afraid summer sports was going to shut us down before we even started for school and I knew how important it was we get back to school in August but I've seen how important sports and extracurricular activities and really anything that reminds us of being normal has been to our our well-being. Do you think that based on those numbers and and that sense of reality that that's going to be part of the conversation you have about what next year is going to look like as far as bringing kids back then Mm -hmm. yeah it's I mean it's 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 made an impact with me I mean as far as what role I see as school as a spreader Uh, another big thing that's big for me right now as far as changing uh, some ways that we think about things is that the teachers you know I mean we've had one group uh, have just received their second vaccination we've got the next group uh, you know that took them here on campus they will get that shot what I think next Thursday Mm -hmm. is the plan and a few days after that then I feel like everybody's had a chance to get a a a round of protection uh, that we didn't have before so I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better about um, the safety of our staff and I and, and guys you know going back to this summer the safety of our staff was probably the biggest thing is we laid it all out on the table you can imagine, like, in my role, Mr. Cook, school board, the absolute worst thing that we were thinking of is we is something goes bad with, yeah. with, a, with a student. And, and, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I, we didn't worry as much about students because, you know, I, I still don't know in Arkansas there's been very, very few, if, if any, I mean, under Ex- 18. Extreme cases. Yeah. I mean, very, very extreme <laughs> cases. Um, the staff – was probably our biggest, mm-hmm. you know, concern with that. And again, that's where it kind of went back to on, do we do two different staffs? You know, then I've got to ask some people to be here with full classes and pretty much say, you will not be able, I cannot distance you. You will have to be out there. So that was the plan with, you know, not only the, the you know, letting, you know, mixing the classes in, the, the virtual, but also adding the hybrid to it. It was to try to, it was try to, it was, it was to dilute your classroom of, of get your numbers down. Do you think that our numbers have been low from the student population because we have had so many kids that were at home though, as opposed to a full, I mean, if we'd had everybody in the building, I, I wonder how much, and I, it, it's speculative, I know, right. cause we can't throw statistics that we don't have, but I wonder though, if that would have climbed and if we'd have had more staff, not only quarantined, but actually infected yeah. because of having a full student body on campus. And does, I'm sure that has to weigh into the decisions too. Well, let me tell you, uh, you know, again, and we've learned a lot this year too. So, so there was, you know, I guess maybe around nine weeks to uh, somewhere between the first and second nine weeks, the, the building in the district that had the highest percentage of kids on site every day was the intermediate. They were at about 80%. And, you know, they're, they, it was really – tough um you know a lot of uh, you know i will say that i think that we've had people uh i know this is a shocker to you we've had some people abuse the hybrid uh situation i know i was unaware of that so (laughs) so they they were really calling a lot of parents and getting kids back on campus so intermediate's got the most people percentage of the people on campus when we pulled those numbers a few weeks ago 
guess what building had the highest percentage of cases and number of staff members who had the coronavirus? It was intermediate. Yeah. So, yes, I think there was now – now, was it to the degree that I would have thought originally? No. I mean, I, I still don't think school is Higher doesn't it. necessarily mean extreme. Ex, it, not extreme, but it was <laughs> – it it was higher. They they've got the most. I mean, really, I think more cases than, uh, especially staff cases, more at the intermediate than even the high school, and that's almost double the staff. How much how much impact do you think that the masking has made? How much impact do you think having masks on students and staff though has really calmed that down for the ones that are here? Because I because, I mean, I from what you hear from medical professionals, like that is one of the biggest difference makers you can have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's one reason school has not been a big spreader because we, even though it's not perfect by any far means, you know, I mean, you know, you see, you know, we're telling, you know, people pull your mask up, take it up. It's way better than I thought though. It's way better than I thought. Mm-hmm. And it's way better than it is in most places when you oh, go, yeah. I mean, outside of education, you know, so I think we've, we've tried to follow those rules. We've tried to put more teeth, teeth in that than a lot of places you go. Do you think that it's also true that by this point in the story that most everybody that you know either knows somebody who's been affected by this or has been affected by this? I think that has a lot. And and that still goes on today. Um, You know, like one of our next steps is, you know, we've asked the We've asked the principals to talk to the guiding coalitions. Every building has a guiding coalition. And we've asked we, – we're, we're trying to get feedback from the staff about what, what do you think, you know, is, would be the most effective approach to take going into next year. And I see that from talking with various staff members. When you talk to somebody who's had a, who either has had somebody get really sick in their inner circle or, like, I, I kind of get a – it's a different conversation with that person – than it is with somebody who really hasn't had that close encounter with it. It's two different conversations. So yes, I think we're still dealing with that. It's just what has what has us all of us individually. What has our experience been? And I think that's where you see with our kids. The kids are looking at their peers, and most of them are saying, "Well, you know, we've and, all you, you know, know politics." Of course, is plays a part into all this too because you can see what our state has done and you can even see what school districts do as far as masking and all that and then there's some states that they haven't even had school yet and there's this fine line because we like to say in our safety conscious society that safety first Mike Rowe the guy that used to host dirty jobs he came out with the saying safety third and what he meant by that was not that we shouldn't care about safety but you do have to balance like if if safety was our first priority we'd all just stay at home you wouldn't even get in your car cuz you're taking a chance on the road you, you we all take we have to balance you know dangerous things with society with you know driving your car down the road or coming to school to learn and you know we talked about equity and i think something we realized early on is we're going to be as equitable as we can, but there's still a difference between being Absolutely. here and being sleeping until noon and maybe doing a little mm-hmm. work at night at your house. And I think all three of us can attest to the kids that are here are getting maybe not as much as some some kids at home, but they're getting more than they would if they were at home. And can you talk just for a second about how you deal with the politics? Because this is kind of a political podcast to some degree. Have you felt the political pressure from either side more? I mean, do you think that our school responded a certain way because of the politics surrounding this area? Or did you find that at all with the political pressure? I personally don't feel like politics played a role in any of my decision making. Mm -hmm. I'm not not an overly... uh, I don't know if it could, don't I don't know if that comes out right or wrong. I'm not overly political on stuff like that. I mean, when it comes to school, it's about what I feel like is best for the kids yeah. first and foremost, and then you know what is best for our staff. And I will say, a lot of our plan moving in, we probably did. We put staff staff health was very very high on the list. And you know, when, when you were talking about safety third, we we moved that up. We moved that up some. I mean, and it was, it's like, you know, we know that some of these things we didn't think was the best academic, but right. it, but the safety was so, like, it just wasn't worth the, mm-hmm. it wasn't worth the risk, you know, on that end of it. So, um, and also when you said equity, uh, yeah, we know that there's no, there's no, um, 
you know, if you're if, if you're at home, you're just not getting the same yeah. experience. No offense know. to Mike Rowe, but I think you can have safety on the same level with <laughs> other yeah. things. Well, yeah, you don't have to notch down. Yeah. I bet I heard that slogan in it because <laughs> we say safety first, safety first. But no, I, yeah, I'm you know what, what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I also want you know we don't have a whole lot. I'm starting to become more aware of your time. Um, but can you? Pre- is there any predictions that you can make in regards to the long term consequences? You think that this time, this moment in history of this virus, how it's going to change education maybe or change school rules or laws? Do you have any inkling of how some long-term effects of this? Yeah, you know, and that's one thing we've, we've, I've, I've made this statement several times too, you know, some of these things that are going on now, it's going to be hard to put the genie back in the bottle. Uh, maybe some of them for the good. I mean, some of the good that's, I think, you know, come out of, uh, I had a student uh, interview me the other day and, and want to know how the coronavirus has positively impacted education. And at first I was like, man, <laughs> that's crazy talk right there, you know, but, but then I really had to think, and I mean, uh, you know, parents and, and our communication with parents has probably been um, better across the board. I'm talking about K, K-12. Uh, we're, we've probably done more home visits on students uh, this semester than we have, uh, or this year than we have, all my previous 15 years, you know, before this, um, I think we're seeing that there's some things that we can, that where technology can, can help and bridge the gap. Um, one thing for like the high school kids that I've always, a, a, a problem I've always seen is starting school at eight o'clock and high school kids having to get up at, at six, that, that, that doesn't really work. I mean, if you look at the science behind that, they need more sleep. Um, you know, so I can maybe see a future where a kid does have a couple of online classes where they don't have to be at school at eight o'clock. They don't have to get up at six. Um, I sure hope that we, we get back, you know, a mixture of what worked and what didn't work. And that's what we're really trying to do right now. We're trying to get numbers, stats of who, what worked, who are the kids that it worked for. And then when we look in the future options, we're going to give our students, a lot of it's going to be based off your past performance. So um, I do think we're probably going to have to look at a virtual option next year. I would like to get, I would like to get your opinion before we, we leave here uh, about what you think that could look like. Uh, but one thing that we've really talked about is, is more, of a, more of an application process for some of, those, some of those extras if it's a virtual. And, you know, like, what did you, were you virtual last year? How did you do? Were you successful? Um, you know, you know, more parent contracts, um, more of a understanding from parents, their role that they play in the, in the deal. Because if you're keeping your kid at home, you are taking on a much bigger role as a, as a, as a parent. Uh, it is kind of homeschooling in a way, you know, you're, you're involved. Um, so we're, we're looking at some outlines. I'm definitely seeing kind of a common theme from a lot of the school districts in Arkansas as I'm talking. I mean, it sounds like everybody's plan is, is kind of coming together very similar because I think we all had very similar um, experiences throughout the year. Are, are districts worried about staff turnover because of potential burnout from the, some of the things that have happened this year? You know, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a concern. Um, you know, interestingly enough. Are there any indications that that will be a it's reality. actually it's actually the the numbers point to just the opposite because really? okay. you know and I think and you guys can probably talk more than this when there's times of um, any times where you know like economic uh, uncertainty is in play people are really hesitant to to switch jobs switch careers you know change like that and if you've got a uh, if you've got a very good solid um, situation as far as employment, especially when you start seeing food lines around the country. Right. Like, I'm. Yeah. I'm, I mean, statistically, I have job security, and I'm glad about right. that. So yeah. Yeah. Unless you're directly impacted, you know, by whatever economic phenomenon's going on, statistically, people stay put. Uh, and then if they are directly affected economically, then they start looking for other opportunities. So you see increased enrollment in like technical schools, trade schools, or just going back to college. So yeah, I mean, I could I could definitely see that because from the economics perspective is uh, people stay put. <laughs> what, way about, to put it. what about older veteran teachers that may be considering retiring because of the changes that have happened this year? I think that's, I think that's a reality. Uh, I mean, because, and that's a uh, that's another, I mean, we have a great retirement system here in Arkansas. And, uh, you know, 
really when you get when you're vested fully vested it is a great situation you know you can um take advantage of that and so i do think i think you're going to see that i think you're going to see some people uh retire what what level of that i i'm not 100 percent sure um yeah there was a there was an article you know that came out right after the summer because there was a lot of people even that point saying i can't do this anymore i'm not i'm not going to do it and it was actually the lowest teacher turnover in like some like 20 years or something it was it was just opposite of what yeah, you, that's, you would that's impressive heard. in a moment like this right Right. You might expect the opposite. And you know, I'm, I'm going to sign my contract, by the way. I just I wasn't I wasn't hinting at <laughs> anything. Got something there. to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which there's a lot of reasons why I love I love this profession. I mean, you guys have been around me enough. You know that I'm. I mean, we all we all work. We all have to have a paycheck to you know, to take care of things. But I love this profession. But it is the security of it too. And when I saw you know, in my job, I talked to so many uh, parents that you know that have had some really hard deals, talk to some kids that a lot of our kids this year, you know, they're working during the day to, mm-hmm. to help make ends meet. It's heartbreaking to listen to some of the stories. Is that going to be a factor next year too, especially for our older students where you might say, look here, we, we can change up the day where, because I know this was a thing in the past where like, you've got your credits and, and you, you may have this flexibility in your schedule. So maybe you do need to go work and we can give you that time to cut out of here. Is that something that's on the horizon or is it even part of the conversation? We haven't got that far yet. I think we've got to, I think we've got to talk about our base structure of what it's going to look like. And, uh, but you, I, you guys have, have preached flexibility all year long. Right. And I wonder if, and we already that, have virtual kids entail. this year. We have virtual kids this year that have taken who are, jobs. Yeah. Sure. Who are yeah working, right. doing, you sure. Know, so that um, might be a reality. For better or worse, academically. Right. Well, and one thing we talked about, because we just had our guiding coalition meeting this morning that about what next year w- would look like, and we were kind of asked what our concerns were. And um, I don't know what you guys, because I haven't been able to talk with you guys yet, but, I mean, the concerns that I voiced were um, the AP-level students being here um, versus at home, and then looking kind of what at looking at what Mr. Orr was talking about just a minute ago, seeing if they were successful, um, and looking at the data, how do you measure that? Because, I mean, Ron and I have had this conversation a lot lately because we aren't able to tell if if some people are successful because they are, especially online, getting the content, or it's because they are good at using the Internet. <laughs> um, and that's worrying me, honestly. Yeah, yeah my, my saying that I've said all year is you could have an A in my class and know the least right now, or you can have an F and know the most. I don't know because mm-hmm. we don't have testing security. I don't really know what you're doing outside of here. And a lot of my class was based on debates and discussion and listening mm-hmm. to students talk to me, me about too. what they know. You know, here, you know, I, yeah. I probably have 20, 25% of my students here. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. My, my, our grandparents always, you know, we had to walk to school. And, you know, and I, my generation's like, we had standardized testing. This generation may, buy, may be like, you know, telling their kids, well, I had compulsory attendance up until 11th grade. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's changed. This might change a whole lot of outlooks on things. I, I do think that, you know, when you asked a while ago about changes, big changes, that's, that's one of them about, uh, I think I've already seen the state talking about not looking at, um, not looking at seat time as much as like in days, but you know, a certain like where you could, I mean, I guess theoretically you could go longer some days and shorter other days. That's, that's kind of, we really haven't got too deep into what that could actually mean, but it, but it is moving away from it. One time it was seat time was so important. You had to have your rear end in the seat for a certain number of hours if you were going to be educated. And I do think that's, that's changing. Can you speak to, any conversations that happening at the state level because uh, in regards to students who may leave this traditional building and go and seek a GED because of whatever situation they're facing at home and it might work out better for them, but yet the school districts themselves mm-hmm. are being punished uh, as far as the way the state records the way they grade the schools on Drop their level rate. of ex- graduation rate. Right, the graduation rates. Can, are, are there any conversations with anybody at the highest levels in the state where they're saying we need to look at that because if we're saying that uh, that this is an equivalency degree and yet 
they're being counted as dropouts from the high school, like that doesn't seem to, that doesn't make sense. Is there, are there any conversations about that? Because I wonder now, but you talked about, you know, a lot of st seniors have gone off to get jobs, a lot of the juniors too. They might decide that this is not what they want to continue to do. And they might then go off and seek a GED. What, are we still going to continue to be downgraded because of their decision, even though they'll end up with an equivalency degree you see what I'm asking? I see I'm going around and around with it. I'm not sure if, you can, funny. if you can address that or not. But. Well, you know, it's funny, you know, that, I mean, let's think about that from the state level. They're, they're saying, you know, you've got this GED, this, equival this equivalency degree, but yet if you get that, we're going we're gonna to mark the, the school down. You're penalized. So are they really saying it's an equivalency degree? And is it really? I mean, you really, you pass a test, you know, and then you get the, you know, you get the degree. Um, I don't, I don't know that I see that changing a whole lot. The, the reason I'm asking that is because I know that so many districts across the state, right. and I'm going to assume across the nation, are going to be facing dismal graduation rates this year. Well, not only that, but just drop in enrollment. And, and, yeah, so, right. so here's this just big anomaly. All schools, almost every school I know has dropped kids. Where did they go? I mean, right. you know, I mean, that's embarrassing for me to say that, but, but nobody knows really, you know, and that kind of happens, that kind of happens through, you know, you know, pre COVID where, you know, you may start with a class coming through of ninth graders that are 260. And then by the time it gets to the end, it's normally 220 or so. And almost everybody reports that. So they're, they're, they're leaving, they're going places, um, you know, and, and we do, I think we do a pretty good job of tracking our kids that leave, but still some of them, you know, we just, when they don't show back up and you don't know where to find them, it's difficult. Well, everybody, all schools right now are facing, um, decreases in enrollment well that that directly affects the funding that we get right so you know i know that i know right now i think there's a bill in place i think that they call it the no harm provision have y'all seen that where they're basically just i mean the superintendents have asked like don't cut our funding this year based on this you mm -hmm. know because that that affects you know if we have to do that that affects making job cuts and things like that so they were basically just saying can you freeze our pay at where it was before covid until this this but thing but don't, gra out. don't lower graduation rates also increase the, the likelihood that the state will step in and have some sort of, well, you're going to be on an improvement plan now as a district. Is that, I mean, cause yeah, um, in the past it would, I mean, I think they're going to be very, very slow to, uh, you know, the state department, I, in my opinion, has been really good through this whole deal. They've said, listen, this is a, this is a, this is a bad deal. You yeah, know, there's going to be, a, there's going to come a point in time where people go, all right, here's the new deal and i just i just hope that that's going to be based on some sort of sense of reality rather than what they want it to be right i think also psychologically there's going to be some stuff come out about the importance of kids socializing at school and like you know our school system in america is such a big part of these kids lives with sports and everything i mean some of these kids wake up early and all the friends they have are right here and then and you know we've already seen this with mental health and suicide rates and all that I think some, when the, some of that c content comes out and we get some real hard figures about how kids staying at home all day, and it might kind of go back the other way a little bit. Like, yeah, we need to make sure that kids are at school, yeah, at, least, at least in certain ages. That's what we're working on right now is really to try to get better better data to share with our parents, our community, our, our, our staff. Um, it looks like to me, just looking at it before we actually put it together, uh, I, think the, I think the research – uh, research the data that we have so far really points to uh, coming to school coming to school matters uh, I'm, I'm concerned and I'm curious if you are too about a ripple effect in years to come for if we've had this what 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 over and this goes back to what you were asking a while ago Kevin about you know what are the what's next year going to look like and afterwards like if if there is this this group of kids that goes all the way back to kindergarten now who have struggled this year in particular because of because of mental health issues or because of the social distancing things or because they were and i don't just mean here at this school i mean talking about nationwide yeah like it's places be, where they didn't open the doors like even yeah. even if we come right back and we're able to come back 100 percent next year i'm there's going to be this we have to there's going to be an adjustment and i wonder how long it's going to take to work that back out so that we can bring ourselves really back up to full speed yeah you know like it's like the caution flags are out on a raceway 
it's really bad. You know, they've, uh, I don't know if y'all, there, there's been some studies that they, that they showed about like kids that went through Hurricane Katrina, other places like this where kids were basically had a, had a, a very lengthy, a year or close to a year loss of instruction and, uh, or at the, least to the same degree they'd had before. Right. Right. And, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's eye opening. It's, it's a big gap. It's very difficult to close. So that, that again is why I'm really proud that we were, we were able to uh, keep our doors open, you know, uh, through. And again, I'm saying that. And I know we're about to go home for weather for for a couple of days. Uh, I was really hoping we could we could say, you know, we were had the doors open 178 this year. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm I'm proud. I think we I really think we have been able to do our kids for the most part justice. You know, uh, you're talking about the lower grades. Um, you know, school really has looked very very similar to how it always has in the lower grades. I mean, they've, they've really done a good job They're Those kids are they're you know, I have a kind you know, you know, you guys have had my senior and I got a kindergarten on the other end and really, you know, but she doesn't even hardly know any different right now. You know, you wear masks sometimes, sometimes he doesn't, you know, he's <laughs> right. pull it up. Uh, he, he's pretty much having a kindergarten experience gets to go out and play. And, uh, he's, I mean, his handwriting's unbelievable with the program we're using now. He's got better handwriting than I do. Um, <laughs> uh, our kids are learning. They really are. The ones, the ones that, that are, that are on site for the most part. Um, some are, some are doing really well at home. Um, you know, right now it, it definitely looks like the group that, that, that is probably struggling the worst is, is the hybrid kids. Cause it's just the, there's no, you know, kids need, kids need a constant, they need a stable and the ones that are not coming, um, frequent, frequently, regularly, um, when it's when it's not a set pattern, which is what we asked for the from the get go, but the ones that weren't able to do that, that it looks like there's a clear pattern right now that those kids are the ones that are probably struggling the most, mm-hmm. and that's one that we're you know we're really um, you know not looking to to try to keep that one going. Yeah. Well, I just want to say as we wrap up here, thank you for coming on, and thanks to the whole administrative team. I think this school. Re- responded as well as any school district. Um, I've always loved teaching here. I know these guys have as well. And it's just a testament to the leadership because as you know, you know, it, it, it takes everybody pulling the same direction to get this thing moving. And, you know, and I think the, the appropriate adjustments uh, will be made and y'all were so everybody has been pretty flexible in this uh, scenario. So thank you so much for coming on. It was my pleasure. And uh, yeah, so that's history after hours. We'll see you next time.